Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Pineapple Three Podcast. It's a Game of Thrones special. We are once again talking the House of Dragons, Game of Thrones, and once again returning with all of the awesomeness that she provides is Shay. Shay, welcome back. Thank you for thank you for first of all, thank you for sitting for almost an well an hour with me while we try and figure out how to record this bloody thing. But also, thank you for coming back to talk House of Dragons with me. You're welcome. I'm excited to be back. I had so much fun the first time, so we'll see what we get into this time. Yes. Well, I think, to be honest, we, we need to just dive straight into it because first and foremost, we were true to our word. At the end of the last um, podcast, we said that we were going to literally finish recording and then I was going to go watch it and you were going to rewatch it at the same time and we were going to text back and forward. Mm-hmm. And you did an amazing job because... That whole podcast, I'd I'd made a couple little predictions and one pretty big one right at the end that I just threw out there and was like, oh, I think this is going to happen at some point down the line, maybe. And you you didn't give anything away. So full full credit to you, because I think I would have laughed or smirked or done something like I wouldn't have been able to help that. You were bang on, right? And I was just like, oh, no, like, how am I going to just play this off? Like, as if he didn't just spoil the entire episode for himself in a way. And then I was like, oh, well, he's he's on the ball, I guess. Yeah, um, and that reminds me actually before uh, we get into this. So this is complete spoilers for Game of Thrones, and this is also spoilers for House of Dragons episode four and five, and also one through five, I guess, just in general. But yeah, we're going to be covering episodes four and five today. So it's a double episode whammy, and yeah, spoilers. Hey, you've got to see the fucking film. Get your you finger know, out your ass. You have to give a spoiler warning. So there you go. You've had your spoiler warning. Um, right. So. I, I kind of did this in a strange way because we were texting back and forward. I didn't really take notes for episode four, but I have like bullet point notes that I took whilst watching episode five. So let's try and go back to just sort of episode four and just talk about that one for now. And then we'll get into episode five in a little bit. Okay. Right. Yep. Sounds good. So again, you were sort of like having to bite your teeth last time we recorded the podcast because you'd already seen episode four. So I'll just ask you off the off the bat, like, what was your overall thoughts episode four? Did you like it? Did you not? Like, how did you how did you feel about it? Well, first things first, I loved it. So I'm just going to yeah. get that out of the way. Um, I am a sucker for a well-constructed brothel scene. You know what I mean? Um, but <laughs> <laughs> But um, no, I thought it was really good. I thought it was the most Game of Thrones-esque episode we've seen so far. Um, I thought the directing of, of that entire episode was really just top-notch and I think the the best directed episode we've seen so far. Um, yeah. Besides, you know, the incest, which I feel like is not even really worth talking about anymore because it is Game of Thrones and I feel like that is sort of just the way it is there um so i was i had a thought about this so mckinley has never seen game of thrones um or therefore obviously house of the dragons so uh, and then after the episode after watching it the next morning she was like oh how was the episode of game of thrones and i thought about talking about it in detail but then i was like i don't want to you can't really say to someone who's not watching game of thrones about like oh and then you know the, the the uncle and the niece like fucked yeah (laughs) because it's just like it requires way too much like of a what what the fuck like holy crap like yeah but yeah as you just put like if you're actually watching game of thrones it's so like blase at the minute it's just like 
it it seems more like uh a like uh, a racy relationship as opposed to like weird fucking creepy shit yeah it really does it's you know like it's almost weirder that there is an age gap like quite the age gap between them than the fact that they're yeah. even related um and then yeah. especially when you're talking like targaryens that's sort of what they're known for and that's sort of like their norm right they even joke about it in uh, game of thrones the first the first show like that that's just the way that they are um and i think yeah. after seeing like cersei and jamie who are not targaryens be together for essentially eight seasons of a show um yeah this doesn't really phase me that much i'm actually and this might sound kind of sick and twisted but i'm You're actually like rooting for it i'm kind of rooting for them in a way because i think that they both bring such a like chaotic like i don't know just going against the grain i i I like to watch them like interact. It's it's always so. Um, <laughs> I was I was worried what you were gonna say that you like no, to watch no, no, them. No, 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 that's interact. <laughs> is I a just, very very good choice of words. I think that like both actors have such a great chemistry with each other, and I think like putting them together just creates like such a fiery like scene. So in that sort of way, I don't even care if they you know end up together. It's not for me to say but i do i do love their scenes where they're um where they're kind of at each other's throats you know what i mean yeah um so i feel like we're focusing very heavily on the brothel scene here and that wasn't the whole episode that was only like a part of it but yeah while 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 we're here we might as well just dive into it i i sort of knew the second that like she like snuck out and met up with him I knew that it wasn't going to end well. Admittedly, I thought it would just sort of maybe end with like a kiss or something. Mm-hmm. But they just like, they just fully just go for, and also like surrounded by so many people, I was like, this can't be good for like, I don't know, rumors and word of mouth right. and just everything. But they really didn't like give a crap and they kind of just are out in the open-ish like, mm-hmm. I get that they're in a brothel and, you know, it's not like out in the open, out in the open. But still, it's like they really didn't care. Like, and it that almost was pretty crazy. It, it's funny because when they when, you know, she gets to her room and she sees the clothes being left for her um, and she, she, you know, goes down that sort of like back tunnel um, mm-hmm. and she's wearing a hood. And then, you know, she meets him. He's wearing a hood. They seem to be more concerned about being seen out in public just walking through the streets than they do literally like exposed in a brothel, which is so yeah. bizarre because you'd think yeah. that like, you know, obviously they want to protect themselves while they're out. Cause they are like known people, but you'd think that they'd have some sort of like inclination to not do that in a public place. Yeah, or at the very least, like get a room. Like, do you, right? did they have to be like in the big hall with everybody? Um, I know, it's kind of crazy. Okay. Right. First of all, okay, so I've just loaded up our text messages because those kind of serve as notes, I guess, because we were texting mm-hmm. back and forward whilst <laughs> watching the episode. So the very first text came at the start of the episode when I said, why would you ever be on a boat if you had a dragon? Mm-hmm. And this is going to come back up again in episode five because it really pisses me off. Like, it <laughs> really pisses me off. They show, like, Targaryen's clearly not enjoying being on a boat. Mm-hmm. And yet they are when they have dragons and they can just fly and ride wherever they want to go. So yeah, it's bizarre. I mean, like maybe it's maybe it's cheaper 
for them to take a boat it's and a dragon. Cheaper? <laughs> like, what? Do you think the gas mileage of like a dragon yeah. isn't that great? Maybe they got to feed them like boat? more. Maybe boats are better. Boats can carry more shit. So there's that. But yeah. still, I agree. It's definitely not as cool as riding a dragon around. Yeah. Also, I just think like atmosphere and sort of just grandness like why would you show up on a boat when you can just land on the front yard with a dragon and then also just the intimidation of that wherever you are if you've got a dragon parked on their driveway yeah it's like really like what are you gonna like do here you can't like jump me you it's know true. Uh, just anyway that's ty- that's the only thing that's annoyed me so far about this show is the use of boats instead of dragons <laughs> it's so silly but like okay anyway I- in a more practical sense though it probably takes them quite a like long time to film those those scenes when they're riding like on the dragons like it's it's probably quite the production and like mm-hmm. takes a lot more time so they might try to like sprinkle it in as like little added flavor and maybe not like have them do it every single episode you know yeah i guess maybe from the filming point of view i'm just like i'm just thinking like real like assuming this is real life right then actually the characters you know are doing their thing the only reason i can think that character the king wouldn't ride on a dragon is because say it takes a day to travel from wherever they are to wherever they're going on boat right then maybe the king it would take him like two hours on a dragon or something like that Mm -hmm. so maybe it's like a an awkward like you don't want to show up you know 22 hours early before okay. the rest of your like armada gets there you know right so yeah. i was like maybe it's that maybe it's the fact that only one person can ride on a dragon and the rest of them would have to get there eventually and it's just better to just oh we'll just travel together you know yeah that might make sense who knows anyway, we're getting fixated on the stupidest <laughs> of points but anyway i just had to get my point out and then there i've said it okay so the next message that we had was um ba, ba, ba. let me see here oh yeah create i said crazy that you can learn a fake language and yet still deliver in tone in a way that's such um great acting um mm-hmm. and putting so much feeling into it yeah both of you and i agreed that and you even said that you think that the the actor for Renera is doing a better job than um, amelia clark did for Daenerys as far as like speaking fake languages targaryen dragon language whatever yeah it feels so smooth like when they're especially like matt smith too like kudos to them i like i couldn't imagine how difficult that would be like you don't even really have a starting point because it's a made-up language it's not like they have to learn a little bit of french right it's it's quite literally an entirely new dialect so like i couldn't imagine how difficult that would be you know yeah i i i have to give full credit to both of them and it happens as well in episode five where they have like a a speaking part in in that language but there's a really big scene in in season uh in episode four sorry and yeah it's just it blew me away that one the language sounds legit real but two like even though i'm just reading the subtitles the tone and how they're delivering it just sounds like i'm like fully invested in that like they really are selling this as like a a way to communicate and it doesn't feel like an awkward sort of not to shit on star wars but like they have like (laughs) fake languages in star wars that are just pretty much like me doing this going like and it's like it's so clearly that you're speaking a fake language versus they just like flow and just go with it and it just sounds great yeah, and like every time they talk as well in Targaryen, it's they somehow manage to respond to each other as if they actually understand what they're saying. Right. 
and like whispering certain parts and speaking louder at other parts and uh, I, just, I just think it's great i think they're doing such a good job those two i think that's the um, thing with game of thrones and you know house of the dragon is like i think that that's what makes the show so good is they invest a lot of time and like preparation into like those really small details right that's what makes it feel so real even though it's so obviously not real it's a tv show and it's in a fake world and it's in a fake land or whatever but like it feels so real because of that extra detail that they put in yeah yeah no you're absolutely right it's it's a tiny thing done well that makes it travel so much further like because they're taking the time to get it right exactly um okay next um next text we had was oh love a secret door so yeah, when she goes into the bedroom and then there's like that little note or something and a backpack full of like fake clothes, well, you know, commoner clothes, let's say, yeah. and, then, and then a wee secret door. Also though, how long, I feel like as a kid, I would have found a secret door. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's daft to say, but if that's her bedroom like full time, I, I, she should have found that by now. Yeah, I feel, yeah, it feels a little bit like, it, well, the way that I sort of look at it is maybe Damon had that room before her. Mm. And then maybe when he left or like, you know, she just never found it. Um, but I think, because how else would Damon know that there's a secret door there? He must have used that before. True, true, true. Or maybe she always, no, it definitely seems as if she discovered the secret door for the first time. It's not like she knew about it and didn't have a reason to use it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I like that idea. Maybe yeah, maybe it was Damon's bedroom and then like she sort of got it. Maybe even it was supposed to be like the the heir's bedroom and yeah. Damon had it for the longest time assuming he would be heir and then they switched him out. Very true. Huh. I like that idea. That's a good idea. Good good call there, Shay. But yeah, love a secret door. Who who wouldn't love a secret door? Sounds secret great. Secret doors are the best. Have you ever seen a huge chant tangent here? Just just fucking we're just going off here have you seen cheaper by the dozen yes the ginger kid is the last one to get a bedroom because they all sort of slam the door in his face and say this one's take it this one's take right. it he gets the cool attic bedroom that has a secret slide to exit the the whole house mm-hmm. and i always thought damn i want an attic bedroom <laughs> with a secret slide to exit the house <laughs> i'm sure mckinley and- would love that yeah, I don't think it's something that I'm going to be able to like add to the house one day, but you know, maybe. But that's the thing. Cool. If it's a secret slide, she wouldn't have to know about it. That's true. But then also, how do I explain as like a 30-year-old man at that point, probably, <laughs> my secret slide? <laughs> yeah, it's giving Michael Jackson like... Yeah, it's, um, it's, cre- it's getting creepy. We're, just, yeah. we're going to move on. We're going to move right. on and ignore that I said anything. <laughs> All right. Um, next text I said was um, some Aladdin vibes here, and I love the quote use of street rap. Yeah, I feel like that has to be a straight Aladdin to call someone a street rat and the Aladdin vibes that they were given off. It has to be. It does kind of feel like it. That whole scene kind of did feel like something out of like a Disney movie. Like yeah, very well much. up until the uncle well, and niece fuck. Well, yeah, yeah, but, that um, sort of. That made it change. But besides that, that, it sort of felt like very, I don't even know what, what Disney movie I would I would say, like Pirates of the Caribbean-esque type of yeah. thing. But yeah, I, I liked that scene a lot. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. It definitely, I think it was also the fact that she's in such, 
wonder and like bewilderment of like the outside common world it does seem very disney like oh the princess has left the castle and she's seeing the real world and isn't it magical when really like everyone's like starving and Mm -hmm. you know like not having a great time but she's like wow they sing outside and you (laughs) know it's just that does add to the disney vibe and they go to that theater and basically they just the entire performance just shits on her and her like family and she's just kind of there eating it up and then i I, I don't remember exactly what happens, but she basically says, like, I don't really care what these people think. I think Damon says, like, people will, are never going to respect you as, like, a female queen. Like, yeah. there's just no way that that's going to happen. So she basically says, like, well, I don't really give a shit, to be honest with you. And then she dips. So that mm-hmm. whole kind of scene is really, like, funny because I feel like as a, as a royal person, you don't really get to see the bad side of you know what people think about you so that may be the first time she's ever kind of confronted any opposing view right do you think damon like purposely was showing her that to because i i'm here here's the thing and i'm i'm we're probably going to jump in a little bit into episode five here at this point and i i'm sorry to like merge the two but i don't know damon's like intentions yet like, he kind of mm-hmm. says to the king later on in this episode, he's like, when he admits to what he, he him, him and Renera got up to, he's like, clearly wants to marry her right. so that the two of them can go and just be Targaryens together and sort of, like, rule that. Mm-hmm. But he says that he's not interested in, like, the, the, the throne or anything. But then also, he kind of, like, in going back to this street rat, like, you know, the, the puppet show sort of scene... He's kind of like almost like showing her that she's never going to be ruled in kind of, I kind of got it like a, so you might as well just give up now and let me rule kind of like way. I don't know. I just don't really know what his angle is. Yeah. I think, I think that's kind of the beauty of his character at the moment. Like you don't really know what his intentions are. I mean, like, I don't want to go into episode five, but you know, during episode four, you can't help but but feel like he actually does like her like in yeah. a romantic way. You can't I feel like you can't deny that that feeling is there, but also it does benefit him in a way to you know eventually marry her because again, he's going to have access to the throne through that, right? Cuz yeah, at this point yeah, if he marries her, he'll be yeah, king court, court He has consort. no access to the throne if he if he doesn't um, pursue Rhaenyra so I feel like it could just simply be a bit of both in this in this weird circumstance yeah we definitely have seen episodes one through three and we already spoke to this but like we definitely see that he likes her like just as yeah. like a person like he respects her he, he, he like you know she's definitely like for lack of a better term she's she's got like gusto about her like she's like you know mm-hmm. showed up when he stole the egg and she dealt with it and he like clearly like respects her for that and sort of you know has admiration towards her but then yeah yeah, episode four clearly he's got maybe more feelings towards her it's believable that way but it's also believable that yeah maybe he is just doing all these things to like worm his way back into a shot of the throne yeah it's just so good good, such good acting and story writing because it just really there's no clear option like i could say five different things maybe one of them might become true but Mm -hmm. it's the fact that all five have an equal shot at being true right now that makes it so good yeah but 
Yeah, I don't know. He's, but yeah, like I said in our in our last episode, like we his intentions are so muddy. Like we have no idea where he stands. We don't know. I mean, episode five kind of it, it does give us a better idea, but up until this point, you don't really know what he's thinking. You don't know what his end game is. You don't know if he's good or bad. He's leaning towards bad, but you really don't know because. He could easily redeem himself, and I feel like he hasn't lost the favor of any viewer that's been watching the show. You know, yeah, I no, think most not. people would say he's their favorite character for a reason, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so so much to talk about. I just keep thinking of everything that's happened in these two episodes. Okay, we're gonna keep moving on though. So so yeah, so they had that that sort of scene, and then I sent you a text um, <laughs> saying um, this is when they cut to the scene with the king and the queen, I said, the king has requested your presence. Is that just like a booty call? Like, because mm-hmm. like, you know, we show the queen, she's in bed and they're like, the king has requested your presence. And she's like, the hour is late. And the servant's like, uh-huh. <laughs> He's like, what's your point? Yeah. yeah. And then they do that very sort of artsy, you know, Renera and, and, and Damon get going and then the king and the queen get going. And it's yeah. sort of clearly showing sort of like, duty versus pleasure of the same thing mm-hmm. you know and that's sort of like i think interesting because it's it also moving into episode five it sort of clearly shows that renera is understands her duty and you know as much as yeah, we're really i'm really skipping ahead here but uh, just to to tie the two points together she like can do her duty to the fact of yes i will marry the right person but then also i'm letting you know now that like i'm gonna like have fun and do what i want to do when the duty part of our our roles are sort of like done and taken care of right yeah exactly Um, which i think is like a clear difference between her and yeah the the queen who is very much like clearly isn't a happy queen and she's not happy Mm -hmm. in her life probably but she's just all about duty and that's why Right. I think those two, like having those two scenes kind of parallel each other, like and happen at the same time. I think that's such a like unique point of view to to direct. You know what I mean? So you have, you know, Rhaenyra's and Damon's scene that's very much like female focused. It's definitely mm-hmm. like the female gaze. Um, it feels very, despite how sort of weird and like you know kind of grungy it is happening in a brothel it does seem very like passionate and it seems like they both want it to happen whereas you have allison and the king and it's so very much not that and yeah it's just so it's function and that's it like it's just we don't get the job done exactly and it's it kind of just it it shows you the two extremes of like what's happening in this castle right you have two people that definitely shouldn't be together that are doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing. And then you have the king and Allison who, you know, had an orchestrated marriage, who should be having kids and who should be, mm-hmm. you know, like getting on, getting along, getting on. Um, and, you know, Allison yeah, hates it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It's so like, I think as a viewer, though, it also like puts you in an awkward position because, yeah, as you just described, like the two people who should be together and the two people who should not be together the viewer is flipped on their opinion pretty much on watching it of like, oh, like mm-hmm. the the king and queen, like that sucks to be them. Yeah. I would also like, you know, good for Rhaenyra and Damon for, you know, I guess having a good time, but also right. it's like, eh, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> and it makes you wonder though, like in 
you know, just to, just to touch on this because I do feel like it was probably the most important aspect of of that episode. Like, it does feel very orchestrated by Damon, despite Rhaenyra sort of going along with it. It kind of makes you wonder if she was coerced or if she you know it's hard to say what what she wanted to actually happen in that scene because I feel like you can't deny that Rhaenyra is not attracted to Damon but it also just kind of felt like you know Rhaenyra is 17 and that's a grown man and you know she's never been outside the 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 walls of the castle and it you know he has and it's sort of like it does come down to like a power trip sort of thing right yeah no definitely and I think also moving on to the next part of this is so this is like her like first time ever being physical we're like led to believe right yeah but then she double dips quick like she gets back to her bedroom i mean and then like immediately is all over the um her knights or uh kristen kristen that's it sorry um and that seemed like well, I found Very an interesting sh- I found an interesting little tidbit of information when I was watching through some of the like episode recaps. So, okay. I don't know if you know this, but essentially when they're in the brothel and they get that sort of close to to sealing the deal, Damon becomes impotent and he doesn't go through with it. So, they actually never they never, you know, seal the deal in that moment. Uh-huh. Um Damon freaks out a little bit. Um and, you know, as we know, Damon sort of takes off and leaves Rhaenyra um, in the brothel. And so um, Rhaenyra, we assume, goes back to her her room. And then I think she starts to flirt and, you know, get Sir Kristen's attention because it never like it never went through with Damon. So I feel like she's just kind of in the mood and she see, yeah, knows that she has like a power that's over completely Kristen, the, right? Like how I interpreted it is that, yeah, I assumed that I, I don't want to get too graphical because it just feels <laughs> weird to like describe it all out. But I assumed that they like Damon and Rhaenyra like connected, let's say. Like I assumed that right. that happened, but that, that there were no fireworks at the end, let's say, right? Right. So I just assumed that, yeah, that she was, like, charged up, raring to, to go, mm-hmm. and, like, had kind of started, but was obviously left um, un- unsatisfied to yes. then just sort of jump the bones of the next person that she sort of saw. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, in episode three, I think it was, when they had that, like, hunting sort of scene when they were out together, I got yeah. vibes then that they had some chemistry between the two of them. Totally. So I think it's more that whatever happened with Damon and maybe Damon being so outgoing and confident to just bust a move and go mm-hmm. for it sort of thing, maybe then inspired her to do the same. Totally. So maybe she has already had those feelings for the night and then just sort of, yeah, for all the emotional reasons and how charged up she was. And then also how like maybe maybe embarrassed she felt that Damon sort of just abandoned her there and sort mm-hmm. of left her out on the cold. She wanted someone to like comfort her a bit. And so she yeah. just went out and got it. Yeah, I agree um, with that. I think he just kind of, it the, just the stars aligned for them at that moment. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously like Rhaenyra was probably upset about what happened and didn't really understand it. Cause we know that she's never been in that situation before. 
Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, her and Sir Kristen do have that bond that, that you're talking about. So I feel like for her, it was just sort of like, let's, let's just do this. You know what I mean? And kind of get it over with in a way. I do feel though that, especially when you bring in episode five into it, it seems like the night gave in a bit too easy to it especially yeah. for how like ashamed he clearly is come episode five and again mm-hmm. we're gonna get into that but yeah he's he's clearly like annoyed at himself and then like yeah yeah he just it just seems like maybe like like he just gave in a little too quick at least for the, f- the considering that was the first advance let's call it mm-hmm. um Maybe if this has happened a few times and he eventually gives in to it, his feelings or whatever, then fair enough. But yeah, considering yeah. how like distraught he was at the end of episode five, it's sort of kind of... But I guess there are other reasons. Anyway, we, can, we can't get into that yet. Okay, right. Finish up the thought reason. Jeez. <laughs> all right. So yeah, so we had all that. Um, yeah, the the king and the queen we had. She then goes back for the night. Um, oh yeah, we made this comment that the knight and Rhaenyra are doppelgangers for... Um, Jon Snow and uh, Danny um, Targaryen. Yeah, it's almost weird. You think that's weird. on purpose? I don't know because, like, I sort of thought that when I was watching it, I was like, "Oh wow, he kind of looks like Jon Snow." And of course, we we know that she looks like Danny. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just this sort of dark and light, like, symmetry they want to have in the show. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, but I feel like we're not the only people that noticed that. I feel like I feel like that was done on purpose. Yeah, I I feel like it, it it's it's got to be like because someone's gonna point that out. It can't just be random that they mm-hmm. they look like identical. Mm-hmm. But as to what purpose it really serves, I don't really know. No. But anyway, that happened. Um, and then yeah, we were sort of talking a lot about um if if she were to become pregnant after some of this i mean from it doesn't seem like she could possibly become pregnant from damien and right. i think that they made that sort of a i think for many reasons that's one of the reasons why like that didn't get to full completion totally. was because they didn't want people like, like having that storyline yeah but also is there any chance that she's going to be like bun in the oven off of the night guy? Like, would they really throw it in that far? I really don't know. I mean, I think, you know, with that tea that the maester brings, I think maybe they're shutting down that, that possibility. Maybe they just wanted Mm -hmm. to have Rhaenyra have that experience and sort of, um, not have any consequences from it. But I'm hoping that she's not because I feel like, you know, that that would be big trouble for for everybody yeah i think that i was i would have left it open as like a maybe she is maybe she isn't at the end of episode four but at the end of episode five i feel like no there's no way yeah because they 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 pushed episode five in a different direction to what i thought was going to happen i thought mm-hmm. damon was going to be more involved and sort of mm-hmm. he's not really so i yeah. i feel like yeah they're not going to do like a pregnancy scare but mm-hmm. interesting that the cup of tea aspect then comes back on the queen side of things um, mm-hmm. that she then finds out that information. But again, we'll get onto that in a minute. Okay, so last little thing that happens pretty much for this episode is um, that the uh, the hand of the king sort of obviously like spies and knows about them. 
and then reports it straight away to the king, yeah. which I thought was, yeah, a little stupid. I was like, you really don't... Like, he didn't say it out loud to himself in the mirror that morning mm-hmm. because he's going to have to cite his source right? if he even gets that opportunity. If not, he's going to need, like, real solid proof. And even if he did give up his source... It's a kid. Like he can't like mm-hmm. he can't really bring that kid in front of the king and say, "Hey, what did you see?" Yeah, it's yeah, he shot himself in the foot for sure. I feel like too um you know, at this point they have an heir. They have a male heir, um Aegon, who we were discussing in the last episode. And it just looks so sketchy because you can already tell that he wants his grandson to become king one day. And I feel like for him to go to the king with little to no evidence and accuse Rhaenyra of like such a intense sin back you know in this in in this world um I just like it like you said it's just it was a stupid thing to do because it just makes him look so sketchy you know like it just makes him look like a liar and he's just trying to advance his grandson's position so yeah it really came across like very transparent and I actually quite like as much as it's frustrating, I guess, because you're watching someone who's telling the truth and you mm-hmm. know they're telling the truth, like kind of, sort of get, get, you know, fed to the wolves. Mm-hmm. I also am super like happy with the way that the king deals with it because he, he's got to defend his daughter no matter what and sort of his, his yeah. family. And yeah, he also sees straight into the bullshit of like he's clearly trying to push like his house to, to advance further up the ladder. Totally. Um, so yeah, it's just I, yeah. I I think that that whole it was done great. It just feels like the the hand messed up and sort of got what he deserved for big time for doing that. And then before um, we move on to the to the next episode, um, that episode ends with the king essentially saying like, you know, like beat it. Um, or is that the start of the episode five? No, so the the only two things I had left to talk about for episode four were the fact that um, the queen and Rhaenyra have a right. conversation and Rhaenyra lies, and right. then also that um, Damien and the king have a conversation and Damien tells the truth. Right. Okay. Because it yes. really just starts to throw right. in the freaking spider webs of like mm-hmm. who they're gonna end up believing. So yeah, start. Let's start with Rhaenyra and the queen. So yeah. Rhaenyra like swears on her mother that mm-hmm. it's a lie and it's not true. Yeah. And I think that that is the tipping point that the queen like bites and says, okay, right, fair enough. You know, mm-hmm. I believe you because like, you know, they've had their private moments. We've seen them in the crypt together, like praying for their mothers and right and all that. So Rhaenyra like lying to, to get through clearly was going to propose an issue at some point when the queen eventually found out mm-hmm. um did you have any th- yeah any thoughts on on those two like that whole like conversation i mean like so i think it's funny because while she is lying in a way technically technically on paper she doesn't necessarily sleep with damon so so yes well oh this is the whole like this this is the thing in how i met your mother so listen she's not yeah she's not telling the truth but is she is she technically lying 
No. Okay, so here, here's the thing. To bring How I Met Your Mother into this, as this is called the Pineapple Theory Podcast, okay? I don't know if you've seen How I Met Your Mother all the way through or not. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the question I pose to you then is, from How I Met Your Mother, if you go into the lobby of the Empire State Building and you just hang out in the lobby, okay? Have you been to the Empire State Building? Or if you go to the lobby and ride in the elevator all the way up to the top and then you get out of the viewing deck, have you then been to the Empire State Building? I definitely think they're different. I think I think you can say that you went to the Empire State Building by just going in the lobby, but I think it is a lie. Yeah, it's like how I have been to Iceland, but I've only been to the airport in Iceland on a layover. I never right. left the airport. Right. So have <laughs> I been to Iceland? Technically, I think yes. So. I think technically, yes. I think technically, yes. yes, but have I been to Iceland? No, so, probably not. So then you would agree with the fact that she's not technically lying because they didn't I, no, sleep no, together. No, no, I would, I would, I would agree that technically she is lying, but right. that whatever the non-technical, like, like in real life experience, I guess, yes, maybe she's not lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but even no, she's lying. She's lying, but. You know, I feel like she could probably still lie on her. She's lying, but when she gets to hell and her mom's like, what the <laughs> fuck? You you lied and used my name to lie. Mm-hmm. She's going to be like, yeah, but mom, come on. I was in the lobby. It yeah. Didn't count. Uh-huh. I don't know. I feel like it's a little, it's a little black and white. Yeah. She, she definitely lied, but is it as bad? Is it as bad as like... It's all what? about context because, yeah, in all fairness, if we're rooting for Rhaenyra, we can be like, oh, yeah, you know, she, she, she's not lying. Like, she didn't really do it, you know. They didn't do it mm-hmm. 100%. But mm-hmm. if your boyfriend or husband had done the same thing, would it be cheating? Absolutely, it would be cheating. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't be great mm-hmm. in that situation. So context is king here. But yeah. I think the fact that the main thing I take away from this is that the Queen and Rhaenyra are like, no longer friends they are clearly like yeah because episode three i feel like they were they were mad like rhaenyra was mad at the queen for obviously sleeping with her dad it's kind of weird but they had a couple moments where they sort of cozied up to each other again and sort of were giving each other small talk at the very least like that there's hope for them to sort of get get over this but this lie and and the way that this sets it up and then leading into episode five like shows that they're done like they're they're not going to be friends and it's not going to work out no and i feel like you could blame that on on rhaenyra because allison is obviously going to be loyal to her father she's going to trust what her father tells her and rhaenyra is the one that really obviously rhaenyra doesn't want to like throw herself under the bus but she is also lying to to Allison in a way and I think you know Allison totally gives up her father for Rhaenyra and Rhaenyra has no sense of loyalty to Allison at all so it's kind of hard in that situation right yeah no absolutely yeah it's an intense scene but it does build up for episode five pretty well okay so then we have um the last sort of, well, the second last scene, I guess, we have the king and his brother Damien talking, and Damien like straight up admits the note that the text that I sent you says, "Oh yeah, king should hang him by his testes." 
Yeah. So I think fair enough in that in that circumstance. Like again, though, Damon doesn't lie. So Damon goes in there. He knows that he's gonna get um an ass kicking, I guess you could say, from the king. And he redeems himself by saying, Well, then we should just be married. And yeah. he sort of like uses that as a as like a, a last Hail Mary saying like, okay, well, you know, then let's just get married. Let me marry her. And then technically it won't be a sin. Yeah. Is there any evidence that we've had that the Targaryens have like been incest in the past before this? Or is this sort of showing the start of their incest sort of ways? I don't know. I think... It's hard to say because the king is really upset by this and yeah. thinks it's like wrong. But he, he also kind of just says it's wrong because she's supposed to marry and be a maiden. Yeah. I don't think that they actually see anything wrong with the incestuous aspect of it. I think it's just wrong because like you said, like, you know, she's supposed to be a virgin when she gets married and like that's Yeah, of and he's the, also the married. Like Damon is married. Right. Yeah, there's that aspect too, which kind of comes up, comes up again <laughs> Which, in episode yeah, five it, you know uh, yeah just a little bit just a little bit we'll get to that um yeah i thought it was a crazy good scene mm-hmm. crazy like balls on damon though just to like lay it all out there and then also be like yeah marius like he's just going for the yeah going for the full hundred here at the minute like he just goes all out um but yeah i did think that the king I don't know. I kind of lost hope in the king at that point because he started off strong. Like, you yeah. know, he's got him down. He's beating him up. Like, he's he's doing the mm-hmm. what, like, any dad would probably be doing. Right. But then when he just banishes him back to his wife and whatnot, I'm like, oh, you fucked up there. Because there's no... Yeah. There's nothing in Game of Thrones that has ever worked out when someone's just on sort of, like, the honor system been like, hey, you gotta mm-hmm. leave. <laughs> it's like, they always come back with mm-hmm. some problem or some issue or some red wedding or, or whatever. Like the there's way, no the way that I look at it is like he he acts like a father in that scene mm-hmm. initially and then he acts like a brother. Mm-hmm. And I feel like how many fucking times can you banish somebody and then come yeah. straight back the next episode? Like quite yeah. honestly, it's it's the fourth episode and he's been banished what, three times now? Yeah, like, three, it's four kind times. Of, it's kind of like... And then he comes back in episode five and he pulls <laughs> up a chair. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, I feel like you you just... You banish someone that many times, I feel like probably should stop letting them back in at some point. Yeah, and they've not really shown enough love between the king and the brother to, like, have it be, mm-hmm. like, forgiven, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird scene because I feel like you were, you were even texting me this or we were talking about this, but... Like you would just, I would just kill them. If that was my like daughter and my brother, that would be it. Like that would be it. You are, you are weird and you are gross and you're dead Yeah, it would be an easy sell too because it's like the morning after. You'd murder him there and then. And then if anybody comes out in court and says that they were together, you say, no, he died last night. He was murdered. That He was mugged in the streets. Like someone murdered Mm -hmm. him. Like they weren't, couldn't have, he was dead. You know, like you bury literally the rumor and the person right there and then. Exactly. And that's it. Because he's the only one that really, he's the only other person that knows besides Allison and like Otto. But I mean, he's the only other person that knows. So it kind of seems stupid that he didn't just 
see, like fix the issue right just, there. Yeah, get get rid of him there and then. Mm-hmm. Especially considering all he's been is a headache. He's not providing any solutions no. here. Yeah, he's a. But chaotic- I guess it's still. The king is like. I don't know, very much family and and mm-hmm. all that sort of vibe. I guess so. Then maybe that's well. Obviously, it's going to be his downfall eventually. I think it's just sort of going to get to him. All right. The last note that we had here on episode four was, I think, quite a funny text was I said, oh, my God, the king's Uber eats her a plan B (laughs) cup of tea, which, you know, pretty funny. If I say so myself, laugh at my own joke. Yeah, it was a good one. It it very much is that. I mean, like you just see the maester coming and they're like, oh, yeah, your your dad's ordered you a tea like enjoy. And she's just kind of like, well, well, shit. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's it's showing that the king knows, like, because she tried to lie to the king and say, no, nothing mm-hmm. happened kind of thing. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the king sending a plan B cup of tea is yep. straight up just like, yeah, I know you're going to drink that and we're going to forget about this and move on kind of thing. Like, there'll be no evidence. Um, so episode four, because I'd heard that you really enjoyed it before watching it, I was like... I was prepared for something completely different to to what we ended up getting. I describe this as quite a political episode because there's not really any well, I mean there's action, but not in the not in the Game of Thrones way that you would expect like blood and gore and violence and whatnot. It's very like tame, but there's so much like character development and movement and secrets and lying and just like at like like high stakes too like it all matters so yeah yeah, i feel like episode four did a really good job was so well written and just really yeah provides everybody with different sort of motives and sort of where they're going going forward that it just sets up and creates like such a huge like buzz of excitement whilst having like no real like game of thrones like physical Mm -hmm. violence sort of gore in it it was very much a like the only way I can describe it is like a little finger episode, like a little mm-hmm. sort of like a lot of different subplots going on, but they are all connected and every character sort of took a big leap forward um, yeah. into their, into like who they're going to be. Um, and I think, you know, it makes sense as we know, there's going to be a big time jump coming up um, in episode six. So I think it was a good episode to have just to kind of show um what these characters are going to look like in 10 years, you know, like it, it aged them a little bit. Yeah. So I guess we should touch on that quite quickly then um, just before we get into episode five. So between five and six, is it confirmed like 10 year gap is what it's going to yeah. be? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited for it because, you know, the show has been doing so well so far, but I'm also nervous for it because you're getting rid of a good actor. Like, Rhaenyra and the character and especially her and Damon going back and forwards like mm-hmm. they're acting so well together that I don't want to say goodbye to them and and sort yeah. of move on from that yeah they've but, got a chemistry that I don't know if this new actress like is going to be able to tap into I hope she does I mean I'm like I think she will I feel like you know they're really careful about who they cast um in game of thrones and it just seems so brave because i can't mm-hmm. think of them doing it in game of thrones beforehand where they like no. recast someone to be older yeah but like also too 
we're only five episodes in. So I feel like in the first, you know, in Game of Thrones, it would been it would have been really difficult to um, age any of those characters up because the story takes place at that time. Whereas, you know, at least in the first episode of, of House of the Dragon, they sort of talk, it's it's adult Rhaenyra speaking. So you do know at some point that she's mm. going to be aged. So I do feel like as much as I don't want to see it happen as well, I think I think it's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have hope. I have hope it'll work. Also, interesting note just to add in here. Season two has been confirmed for this show. Woo-hoo. So that also greatly changes how I see this season going. Mm-hmm. I've been sort of thinking that they're going to wrap it all up in one season and tie everything up with a nice little bow and that'll be that. But now that they've got a season two confirmed, it makes me wonder like how wrapped up this will really get. Because is it a case where like they did one season and they left it to a point where it is wrapped up and it could be finished, but also if it does well enough, we'll open up a season two kind of vibe. Or is it mm-hmm. that they always planned on doing a season two and we're going to get left on some big cliffhanger to then open up a season two? Yeah, I don't you know. know? I, again, like, I see this going really far. I see this, like, potentially having a trajectory like Game of Thrones. I could see this going on for multiple, multiple seasons. Um, The only thing they they really have that would stop them is um, time, right? Like, you have, at some point, um, Daenerys is going to appear in this long line of Targaryens, and then at that point, um, you still have until she is, like, you know, how old is she in the first show? Like 16? I'm not even sure. I think she's like 14, 15 in the yeah. first show when she first gets introduced. So you have, um, so you have essentially up until she's 14, 15 to go. Um, so I don't know how many seasons they can cram into that sort of window, but I'm hoping it's a lot because I'm really enjoying it so far. Yeah, I, I, I do feel like maybe like the last season episode whatever it's going to be three four five six down the line it kind of does it would be nice if it tied in i don't know just something like maybe like the last scene is like one of them like sends a raven to winterfell and then you see sean bean like open up the yeah that'd be crazy start then goes into like you know game of thrones that would be pretty cool yeah that'd be cool that would be really cool actually just as i love sean bean i want him back um okay right let's hop into episode five then um so i took notes for this one just quick bullet points so we could sort of follow along my first bullet point why boats when you have dragons (laughs) because it's stupid it's so stupid and i'm not i'm not gonna let that go why have boats when you have dragons especially when you get seasick i mean he's just unwell in general but Mm -hmm. and two like they're going to Oh, I forget the name of the the island that they go to, but they're going to see the Valyrian um, yeah. people. And you'd think like the the king's already sort of coming at a disadvantage because he's essentially going there to ask for Lenor, who is the oldest son, the eldest son of the Valyrian sort of family, to marry Rhaenyra. Yeah. And I feel like you know he's already slighted their daughter. And it seems like he's at an, at a disadvantage. It would have been so sick to see him riding on the dragons. I feel like that would have just yeah. reaffirmed his like power right then and there. So I, the only thing I'd give this is maybe he's too weak to ride a dragon right yeah, now. That could be it. But it just, it just still, yeah. Like he's having such a hard time on the boat. I'm like, why wouldn't you fly? Jeez. Mm-hmm. 
You have a dragon. Or have anyway. Rhaenyra do it. Have Rhaenyra fly in on a dra- dragon. That would be so sick. Like, yeah, that would have been cool. Opportunity missed. Yeah. yeah, opportunity. I agree. Opportunity missed. But yeah, maybe it is a budget thing now that you mention it. Yeah, it probably costs a lot to CGI the dragons in and all that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, no, they did have them like dragons like swooping down at some point in this episode. Just th- and that felt like random, like no real yeah. reason for that. Yeah, huh. I don't know. Weird. Anyway. Uh, next note I had was, um, so the actor who was the hand, um, hi, is he Hightower? He's Hightower, yeah. right? That's Otto Hammer. Hightower. Otto, that's it. So Otto Hightower is played by a guy called Reese Iffens. Reese spelled the same way as me, R-H-I-S, mm-hmm. and he's from Wales. Welsh. Yep. Um, I've known about this actor since my mom showed me a movie called Notting Hill. And yep. I don't know if you've seen that or not. It's Love Hugh it. Grant and yeah, um, one of my favorites. Face? Sandra Bullock. Julia Oh, no, Julia Roberts. Roberts. Julia Roberts. Roberts that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he plays the really dumb roommate. Mm-hmm. That's where he's like originally from. <laughs> and he's also in movies like The Boat That Rocked and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I've loved this actor forever. But he is like nailing this role. Yeah, like, he's really good. He has the scene where he's just been dismissed and the queen comes out and says that she doesn't want him to go and whatnot. And he lays out on the line for her. Mm-hmm. That scene to me was such a f- throwaway scene, or it could have been, but had so much weight and like, like power to it. Especially when, really? like, in episode four, he yeah he gets dismissed, and you see him as being a bit stupid for being so short sighted. But then when he yeah. episode five, when he's talking to the queen, you really like, he really acts it in such a way that you can really see the depth in which this character is actually like seeing things. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought, like, if that is the last that we see of him, which I hope it's not, but if it is, mm-hmm. it's one hell of a scene to leave on. Like, he did a really good job. Yeah, he that scene does carry so much weight because it really is, like, for Allison, her last ally is now sort of, like, severed. Um, mm-hmm. It feels like that, you know, because it kind of feels like all the other characters have really emotionally disconnected from her. And, you know, it, her dad's telling her straight up, like, your 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 kids in danger like as yeah. long as as long as Rhaenyra is still around um and your and your son is still around to potentially become an heir here like he's in danger and basically so are you um and i think that was like a like big it's wake also up call the, the the official moment where she like becomes the adult because the dad mm. has sort of as hand of the king even though she's queen has sort of been running things in the background has been Very spying much, on people yeah. keeping an eye on her making sure that her son is sort of like advancing still mm-hmm. and she's not really been doing too much but then from this scene onwards the queen suddenly starts like really upping it like yeah. making connections with other people like sp- kind of spying on people i guess or like following up with leads and and learning mm-hmm. more and more by herself Mm-hmm. Even then to the final scene where she like even is just out and about very publicly sort of dis- um, dissing like the king in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I feel like her, her dad might be out. So now she knows she's got to do things herself and she does yeah. like, because he gives her the option. Like you've even got to beg for her forgiveness and sort of, you know, be a bit sort of, you know, see if she'll yeah give you forgiveness or you've got to like deal with it yourself. And she starts dealing yeah. with it. Yeah, she's got to be tough. Like, it's her first time in the show that she's got to be a, kind of a hard ass. Um, and I think it suits her. I really like the new, like, Alice, the badass Allison. Um, and we'll get it, into, like, It, it follows a Sansa is, sort of story to yeah, me. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, like it's a very similar call. to where she's, like, a... 
not quite as bad as Sansa was because Sansa was very naive and like, I'm very. a princess and everything is farting rainbows and awesome. Yeah. Like, she's never, Renera's, sorry, um, Alison's never really been that, but she definitely mm-hmm. is like starting to harden up and sort of wake up to the real world. Totally. Anyway, so that was a note on that. Next note is what's the deal with the, yeah, with the, the, the face faces in the trees and when they cry and when they don't cry i don't remember this i i don't remember what those trees are called and i was hoping you might remember any of it to game of thrones and what aren't the they deal called is there. gods they're called it's called the godswood i know that but i don't what know mean? what the trees are called they're not called godswood trees but yeah i don't know i i've never really understood that sort of symbolism honestly yeah because i can't like they made a solid point in this episode of showing that the tree was crying, mm-hmm. but I can't remember if that's got anything to do with like, because initially I thought like it's, it's something to do with the White Walkers, but I was like that's a bit random to just throw that yeah. in there. So yeah, I'm maybe I'm gonna do some research on that for the next episode. Um, mm-hmm. So sorry to listeners to just leave you hanging on that one, but yeah, <laughs> if you know, you know, and I'm sorry I don't. Um, but yeah, the trees are kind of weird. Next note I've got is. Uh, Lainor, <laughs> Venarian, dude's gay, right? With a question mark. <laughs> Very and then gay. I put love, love some classic dudes punching each other until they kiss scenes. Yes, we do love that. I. It's very. It seems to be the only way that any TV show or movie <laughs> will ever introduce two characters who are guys mm-hmm. being gay. They always seem to have like a pushing each other. Like, no, no, you're the doofus. No, you're the dude. And then they get closer, yeah. and then they start kissing. Yeah, it always seems to be why that. Why is it always like that? But like, even I don't before know. that happens, like I loved Rhaenyra and, um, because did Rhaenyra and Lenor have that scene before we figure out that he's that he's gay? Because yeah. Rhaenyra, okay, so Rhaenyra and Lenor are walking along the beach, and it should be worth noting that they're cousins. Um, yeah, but, well, that's a point that I'm coming to in a minute. Right, so I'll kind of skip over that, but they have this really great conversation about preferences, and Rhaenyra essentially says, you know, well, like, I like roasted duck, and some people like goose, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not necessarily bad or good, it's just a preference, and, you know, at that point, you're kind of thinking, okay, like, what what is she really talking about here, because, you know, no one's being specific, and they're sort of dancing around this this subject, um and and then i thought that was really a a really great way of like sort of introducing the fact that lenor is gay and then you sort of as the episode goes on you see lenor and they call him the prince of kisses i think i forget his real name but um you see them sort of fooling around in the grass but i just thought that was a really great way of like it was it. it was really good and i'll admit i was a touch slow to it because at first when she started going for that analogy i was like are you trying to like suggest that other people also want to fuck their uncle right like because <laughs> that's the what that's what i was picking up because she was the one being like you know some people like goose i like roast duck i was like are you trying to say that some people like to sleep outside of the family and some people mm-hmm. like to sleep in the family right and then i was like and then he sort of the way that he looked at her i was like oh no like dude's gay Mm-hmm. And I was like trying to like think that, but then yeah, just like calling out the fact that like yeah, just introducing two guys being gay by doing a classic punch each other until <laughs> we kiss kind mm-hmm. of scene is just so overdone at this point. Also, though, like, do you think? Because obviously, Rhaenyra knew he was gay, 
And mm-hmm. it seems like obviously they're trying to keep it quiet. I mean, they're not broadcasting. The mom and the dad know too. They know too. So I'm kind of wondering like, is this just a family secret or is it like well known that he's gay? Like I'm, I'm not really sure. Yeah, because I mean, throwing it back to Game of Thrones with um, the the Knight of Flowers or whatever his name yeah. was. Yeah. It was pretty much always rumored that everybody knew he was gay. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this, I think it might be just a family thing, like because right. he's just like a young kid. So Rhaenyra would know because they said that they've grown up together. Mm-hmm. So maybe you know sleepover talk they've said something right. or, or just sort of just the you know i feel like they might be able to pick up on it um mm-hmm. so maybe yeah they just know it the dad's like oh he's gonna outgrow it yeah <laughs> it's just hilarious um A classic statement classic statement from dads he'll mm-hmm. outgrow the gayness <laughs> um yeah stupid anyway, um yeah so that that whole scene um but yeah i i also really like how they both yeah they're both like committed to their roles but also like yeah we're gonna you know it will it's like a transaction you know well yeah you can get me pregnant i'll provide us with an heir and then we can go our separate way like stay together for the realm but also we can do whatever we want um and the way that she words it and he words it together it does sound like a good plan it's like cool this is Mm -hmm. great but then when rhaenyra is then wording it to the knight and he says yes. the line, oh, so I'm. you want me to just be your whore? Yes. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can see how you interpreted it like that. Like, that doesn't mm-hmm. sound great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting, like, it just comes back to Rhaenyra having the power in the situation, right? Because obviously Kristen likes her. I feel like that's not really a debatable topic. It's very obvious that he likes her. But also he's given up her his entire... Um, his duty, his sense of honor um, for her in that sort of night that we were speaking about in episode four. So he's put into like this situation where, yeah, he does like her, but the only way that he can keep his duty is if he sort of leaves his post and like runs away with her, which is what he asks her to do. And obviously Rhaenyra is like, are you kidding? Like, why would I do that? Um, So I can go live like in the middle of nowhere sailing on like a weirdo ship with like cinnamon and oranges i like she's like i'm not doing that so it's it's unfortunate because you you are kind of like rooting for him in a way because he does seem like a nice guy but at the end of the day obviously she's not going to do that she's got the whole world in the palm of her hand honest i'm honestly not rooting for him because yeah it did seem it just didn't seem like they had enough going Mm-hmm. Like, as, a, as I said this, you know, about episode four, that, like, the fact that, like, he gave it out so quickly and so easily, it seemed like he knew what he was getting into to then pull out the whole, like, oh, we should run away together and get married and, and be, right. like, super starry-eyed and, like, all right. over kind of thing. It mm-hmm. was like, oh, dude, you really didn't get what was going on there. Like, <laughs> you're, you're clinging on hard here. Mm-hmm. But also, though, I did write a note. I'm not going to say I'm, pre- I'm predicting anything because we don't know yet, but I wrote a note there and then saying, like, I think the knight might kill himself because I think that he's not going to be happy yeah. when it comes down to, like, the, yeah, being the, being the side piece, I guess. So a yeah. wee note there, but again, we'll come back to that. Mm-hmm. So next thing I put here was um, it must be in the Lannister DNA to be a knob <laughs> because <laughs> when they're at their sort yeah. of, like, wedding reception thing, the Lannister's just a prick. Like, he just is. 
Yeah, and I think even, they, they're doing even that Even though purpose. he should be the one who's taking the diss here because like mm-hmm. she didn't pick him, she picked someone else, he still finds a way to be a dick about it. Yeah, I think I think they're doing that on purpose, which is so funny because like, you know, like they're really showing like that continuity between um, these Lannisters and obviously the Lannisters that, you know, take take form in Game of Thrones. Like, but. He's like, you know how there's I, I don't know he, I don't know how to how to word this, but he's like B version Jamie Lannister. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is what they like like if if they if if a if they were gonna redo Game of Thrones for another season and they couldn't afford to pay <laughs> the actor who was Jamie Lannister, Discount they would hire Jamie this guy Lannister. to be Jamie Lannister instead. Yeah, like he's like backup Jamie Lannister, which mm. is funny and does provide sort of the the arrogance and all that but also it's hard to see how that guy eventually leads into tywin lannister because tywin lannister is a solid character who is scary and literally could have spawned from hell itself Mm -hmm. but they're clearly tying him in with jamie and completely skipping over how like at some point his kid is going to turn into tywin lannister or like grandkid great grandkid whatever it is even so, like, Cersei. that's kind of like it's kind of I feel like just a comical relief, but yeah, he's just a knob. Yeah, I mean, so I would say Cersei and Tywin are way more alike than Jamie and Tywin are. So yeah, they're kind of skipping over two um, mm-hmm. elements to the Lannister family. But yeah, I totally I noticed that too. Even in episode three, when um, you know she's speaking to the Lannister guy, I forget his name. I think it starts with a J, but um, yeah, it's close to Jamie, but it's not quite. Yeah, so I I thought that was funny, like another nod to it so now there's been two nods to the lannister yeah. kind of arrogance yeah no yeah just a quick note but yeah it was quite mm. funny um so next note i had was um yeah so if if the valerian guy like the mm-hmm. king guy well not the king guy but you know the, the head of the valerian household married the targaryen woman who's cousin of the king Yep. Then Rhaenyra and Laenor Valerian are second cousins? Yeah, I guess technically they would be second cousins. Yeah. Okay. So that in itself sort of made me come to realize that, yeah, incest isn't that big of a deal to them. Like, I don't think it is the fact Mm -hmm. that Damon is the uncle. It's more that it's like ruining her yeah like innocence i guess or whatever i mean it's definitely probably weird for the king to have his brother and his daughter hooking up i feel like that shouldn't be glossed over like that's definitely strange but it's not strange because they're related it's strange because it's his brother and his daughter i think that if he just you know he had a friend and their brother and their daughter were were going at it he'd be like oh yeah that's i mean I don't think he'd care that much. I think it's because it's his brother and his daughter. Not that they're, you know, uncle and niece. Yeah. I guess in terms of like medieval sort of kings and queens and whatnot, it kind of is a case where two houses, if they're going to be conjoined, it pretty much always has to be second cousins at some point. Mm-hmm. It just sort of how it is just how it is. So maybe it's just like accepted. But yeah, thinking in like our like world, it's weird. I mean, the queen and her... If we're, if we're talking Queen Elizabeth, God rest her soul. Um, you know, she was married to her third cousin. So, is it 
it's Maybe still it's weird. Maybe it's just a monarch, monarch thing. Yeah. They just sort I of don't know. keep it in the family. Maybe. Yeah, kind of strange. All right, let's move on from that. It was weird. <laughs> um, yeah, so next note I had was... Oh, yeah, so at this point, so Damon walks in, sit, the king pulls him up a chair, and he sits down. And I took this note. I said... Because we also have skipped over the fact of him and his wife, which we're going to get into next, but I just want to yes. point this out. I said, Damon hasn't said a word this whole episode, but goddamn, the atmosphere is crazy that he provides. Yeah. Like, literally hasn't said, even yeah. in the scene with his wife, didn't say a single word, and then walks into the hall, walks up to the king, they share eye contact, he then sits down, and I'm like, oh my god, like mm-hmm. I'm like sweating, I'm like, how the hell's happening? He hasn't said a word yet yeah so good. let's let's rewind because i feel like they lend themselves to each other so the beginning of this of this episode opens up with a woman riding on a horse kind of mm-hmm. through like this field this little trail type of thing and we have no idea who she is um and she gets to a point where she sees a cloaked man and we're kind of like you kind of think at this moment okay you have a good idea of what's going on. You assume that that's Damon. And then just by the way that she reacts, you kind of assume that that's Rhea, Rhea Royce, who we know is his wife, who he hasn't spent any time with. Um, and I think this whole scene was crazy because obviously it opens up the episode, but we've never met this woman before. She gets about five minutes of screen time and then suddenly she is dead. She is dead dead that is a doornail yeah i was gutted too because like she had some sass about her she did like she was just mm-hmm. giving it and i was like okay here we go like someone to like maybe like i thought on it i thought so innocent and naively that they're giving her such sass and character because it's going to be a case where damon's like oh I haven't right. really spent any time with you. I guess I can get along with you. You're like mm-hmm. me. You're sassy. <laughs> You've got some confidence about you. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, and they sort of hang out and it works out. No, right. no, not, not going <laughs> to happen. I was no. terribly wrong. Yeah. Like, not even close. Um, yeah. She gets squished by her own horse and then I guess her skull gets beaten by a yeah. rock or something. So Damon, so she's, she's sitting on the horse. Damon spooks the horse. The horse kind of kicks up, falls, lands on her. It seems like she's sort of paralyzed. Um, uh, she can still talk, though. Um, so she starts giving the lip to Damon, saying, oh, you, can, <laughs> yes. you can't even finish the job. Like, you know, yeah. just making the situation much worse. And I think genuinely in my soul that Damon was just going to leave her there until she yeah. started talking. And then he goes, well, then let's finish it off. And he grabs this yeah. rock. And then the rest is censored. Um, yeah, they cut to a clip of someone cutting off a fish's head. <laughs> so it led me to believe. And then also I think they said later on when they said how she died, it was like yeah, a, a wound to the skull or something like that. Yeah, the horse fell and she hit her head and died. Yeah, so I feel like yeah. it's got to be a hit to the head. Totally. Um, yeah, I was kind of gutted. I kind of liked that character off the get-go, but then instantly dead. And I was like, oh. Okay. And then yeah. I instantly thought that it was a case of, yeah, he's just completely like, because the king banishes him and says, go and be with your lady wife. Mm-hmm, to the so veil. by him coming back, killing his wife straight away, 
he's then yeah. free to be like, well, I don't have a wife there anymore, so you can't tell me to go there anymore. Exactly. And like you said, it was it's unfortunate because they did allude to this character a lot. Um, and she did have such a hot start to her episode. And then, yeah, dead. But I think it just shows you how little Damon cares about about anyone that really isn't his like immediate family like he could give he couldn't give less of a shit about her um but this doesn't bode well for him later in the episode um he so as we were saying the wedding happens um everyone is sort of seated in their chair and the king is giving a speech and all of a sudden the doors open and Damon is one of the last characters to, to walk into this wedding. And, you know, like you said, Reese, nobody, nobody says a word. It is mm-hmm. very silent. Damon just walks in, all eyes on him, um, giving very much Vogue runway, um, surfing <laughs> yeah. down the runway. Struts it. And he just sits in, he just pulls up a chair and he sits down at the head table. And <laughs> the king is just sort of, like flabbergasted and anyway he carries on with his speech yeah i wondered like how much the realm sort of knew of damon's like banishment or not because i feel like Mm -hmm. they didn't know about it because he got banished because he admitted to sleeping with rhaenyra so Mm -hmm. it's not like the king would want to really make that known right so i guess he like lets him pull up a chair because he doesn't want to cause a scene to cause questions to yada 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 right exactly so i feel like he doesn't really want him to be there but it's damon choosing such a public moment to like Mm -hmm. walk in the king Mm -hmm. he's sort of calling the king out and says you can't do or say anything right now because everybody's here who you care about not knowing about the fact that i you know went in the lobby with your daughter (laughs) exactly um (laughs) yeah oh so so crazy and then we had the scene where the queen like the king starts his speech again and then the queen walks in and interrupts him yes and there's an interesting line i mean interesting one that scene in general because it kind of comes out of nowhere why Mm -hmm. the queen is sort of like not there right because she just she she just found out by talking to the knight that they'd had a thing right yeah, so let's let's maybe rewind and give some context to um, yeah. Allison. So Allison is speaking with a a man that we don't really know. We haven't met him yet in the Godswood, um, and she's talking to him. And he sort of mentions, "Oh, you know, like I hope the Queen is feeling is feeling okay." And Ren- yeah. and Allison is like, "What are you talking about? Like she doesn't really have any idea what he's what he's going on about." And he goes, well, you know, I, I know that the the maester brought Rhaenyra a tea. So I was just wondering, like hoping that she was okay. And it seems very little finger-esque because he yeah. obviously knows something. Um, but he's playing it off like, oh, I, you know, I hope she's feeling better. Like as if she's, you know, like sick or has like a stomach flu or something. And Alicent sort of puts two and two together. Like, well, what the hell is going on here? Like, what kind of tea is this? I think she assumes that it's a, a plan B tea. Um, mm-hmm. and she sort of plays it off like, oh yeah, you know, she's, she's feeling better. She went and sailed off to that Island with the Valerians. So she walks away and then we've got Alicent, um, summoning Sir Kristen to her kind of chamber. Um, and he comes in and she starts talking about how, 
about faithfulness and sort of Rhaenyra um, and Damon and asking Kristen about, you know, what did you see? Like, did Rhaenyra leave her room? Like, what what's the vibe, right? But she's being very, like, unspecific. So in that moment, Sir Kristen thinks that she's speaking about the encounter that they've had together yeah, like that she night. she knows about him and Rhaenyra. Yeah, so it's an unfortunate situation for him because she didn't even know that Sir Kristen and Rhaenyra had had that night together. She was asking for information. Shot himself in the foot because she wasn't on about him. Yeah, so he basically gives it up. It was a very frustrating scene to watch as a viewer because you're like, Mm -hmm. oh no, like you're really because you're the only one in that whole conversation who knows what the fuck is going on. Like both characters are tiptoeing around each other to try. Well, in fact, it's not even both characters. One character is tiptoeing to try and get answers and the other one is pretty much just holding silence until he decides, nope, she knows too much. I might as well just admit to it now kind of thing. Yeah, like own up to it and see if I can maybe get out of this with some sort of intact job and morality. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's a big blow for Kristen for sure. But then the question that i then have when we then lead into that scene where the queen interrupts the king's speech walks in clearly is annoyed yeah at the situation does she now does that confirm that the tea was for damon's situation or does that make her think that the tea is for the knight situation i still think the tea is the damon situation because only she knows about this like the maesters wouldn't know about this because it seems yeah. like he's just confessing to her at the moment and that nobody else knows, right? So I still think the tea is from da- is because of the Damon thing. But, you know, the Yeah, queen and is- also the, the Littlefinger character dude um, mm-hmm. said that the maester brought a tea from the king's request. Yes, and she, exactly. the And the queen asks and she knows that the king has only heard about the Damon situation yeah, and dismissed her father because of it. Yeah. So she's kind of now putting, I guess, yeah, she must have put all the pieces together that she's pissed off at the king mm-hmm. because he knows that her dad told the truth, yeah, but still let the, the hand of the king go. So she's exactly. pissed about that. Yeah. She's then also probably pissed at the king because... They're not talking about it or dealing with it. He's like mm. trying to keep it just to himself. Mm-hmm. And then she's pissed off at Rhaenyra because Rhaenyra has lied, but then has also slept with Damon and a knight yeah. in like 24 hour period of time and is just completely, you know, out of out of character or whatever she is thinking like is, is, is being bad, I guess. Yeah. So she, yeah, she's, I think everything comes together like you said all the pieces of the puzzle sort of connect and i think at that moment she's like okay i have absolutely nobody here i have no allies nobody tells me the truth um you know she she put her trust in rhaenyra and obviously rhaenyra lied to her um and then that sparks this mo- this amazing moment of the episode when um she walks into the wedding hall you know, after everyone else, she's the last person to come in, even after Damon. And again, it's like all eyes on her. Um, she's wearing this like amazing green dress and she walks through the hall down to the sort of head table. And we have a little off comment from 
some of the people sitting in the okay, audience. I'm glad you picked up on this because I was going to bring this up if you didn't remember it, but go ahead. Yeah, so so it's this great moment of these two characters going like, oh, well, you know, like it's, she's a high tower and um, green is a symbol of the high tower sort of family, right? Um, and I think you sort of connect the dots at this moment that like she's pissed. She has no interest in dealing with um, these people anymore she's emotionally removed and she's she's there to back herself up she doesn't give no shit yeah. about nobody so one you missed one tiny thing that is like adding to that so the two characters have that conversation they say that yeah she's a high tower and they say that the high tower family wear green when they go to war right 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 right. that's what it is it's something about yeah. like their banner they or their flag or their whatever their right. war color is but they specifically say the term war because i was like right. oh that's like adding some knives to this like dress but mm-hmm. also i wonder if like the king and everyone else would know that or if it's just the sort of high tower group that are like yeah. oh she's like she's mad <laughs> yeah i don't know it's she's obviously like like i said she's she's pissed off um, and I think it's that moment of her just like really severing all ties in a way, all emotional connection to this family. I think she knows that they're corrupt. She knows that there's some bullshit going on. Um, you know, her only friend really in this place was Rhaenyra and, mm-hmm. you know, obviously she's a liar. And I think it also comes to the fact that after the King sort of has his little speech, she, she goes over to some of the members of her family and she says you know yeah. thank you for being here and like um aren't they wearing green as well or am I, is my memory failing me no they were wearing kind of like a green yeah yeah so i so i'm wondering if you know she's been corresponding with her family saying like you know like the position that she's in yeah i mean we haven't heard of like the high tower family being sort of We've heard that like the Valerians have like all the money and the ships and everything, but we haven't really yeah. heard what Hightower have. The Hightower of Old Town or something like that. Yeah, they keep bringing that up. So I'm wondering if they're just like a really old, um, like staple kind of family in this in Westeros or or whatever it is. Like, and they just, you know, sense of honor. Maybe I'm not really sure. Um. Yeah, so the significance... Sorry, I just Googled it quickly. So the significance of Alicent's green dress does not go unnoticed. As she walks in, Lord Laris Strong, the son of the new Hand of the King, says to his brother, Hardwin Strong, the beacon on the high tower, do you know what color it glows when Old Town calls its banners to war? Green. So I guess they've got some beacon that they change the color to green when they're calling their banners to war. Right. Um... So Alicent's dress can then be understood as a declaration of civil war, foreshadowing the Targaryen civil war to come. Interesting. Spoilers. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, that was that was one of my favorite moments of the whole. Yeah, episode. that's it. Sorry. Yeah, they make a point that before this, she had dressed in only Targaryen red right. when in public. Interesting. But this is the first time being in public and being in green. Yeah. So the so king yeah, definitely much, notices this. It's clearly showing that she's just out, like looking after herself at this point. Yeah, she's she's kind of giving two middle fingers to um, the Targaryens at this point and saying like, yeah. "Well, and then none of you have my back." Back to the scene with her and her dad talking, and her dad saying, "You know, you've either got to cozy up with them, or you've got to like push your son through." Yeah. 
Yeah. This is pretty much going to be her pushing her son through. Yeah. I think she's um, choosing, she's choosing Aegon at this point, which is going to be tough yeah. for her. And I don't know how this is going to work out because she's very, she's very tied into this family. You know, at the end of the day, her son is a Targaryen. Um, yeah. But I think that it's more the fact that like she can mold her son to her will. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. True. As opposed to like Rhaenyra, she'd have no say and she'd be on the out. Also, Rhaenyra, yeah, pretty much would have to at some point kill her son if if everyone's to be believed in what they're saying about how right. the realm will never really support a queen when the, there's a male heir out there who's got more right. of a claim to the throne. So, yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting. Yep, leads us in a whole thing of panic. Anyway, just getting back to my notes then because we've been going for a little while here, but we're, 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 we're having a good time, so we'll keep it going. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I said... Damon hasn't said a yeah. So Damon hasn't said a whole word this whole episode. Yada yada. I then wrote a very. These two notes were written within five seconds of each other. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I wrote first note another very political episode with no physical action, and then I wrote in all caps and I was wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because literally as I wrote the fact that there's not, it's another political episode, lots of talking, no real action. A fight just breaks out of nowhere. Yeah. And I had no idea what was going on. And then I instantly got PTSD for the Red Wedding. Mm-hmm. I'm like, everyone's about to die. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how or who, but like everyone is about to die. Yeah, it just, it's like, it's so chaotic because you've got, even before they they actually start fighting, it's just there's some feeling in the room that something is about to go wrong. Like it's this eerie sort of like, it, like you said, red wedding. Even the the Joffrey's episode in you know Game of Thrones when he dies, like there's just that feeling yeah. that something is going to happen, and of course it does. But before we get into that, I want to talk about the moment where Rhaenyra With the night. Yeah. So, but Rhaenyra is dancing, and. Damon gets up from his chair and he sort of struts his way into the dance floor and he goes up to Rhaenyra and they start talking in high high Valyrian, which is what we were talking about earlier in this episode. But the moment that he grabs her face is just, Mm -hmm. is such a, like, it's such a moment because the the king is just at at the head table eating his like lobster, watching Damon after this is what he got banished for, like, just grab yeah. Rhaenyra's face and Rhaenyra is going back and they're going back and forth at this point. And Rhaenyra's like, well, why don't you just take me to be your wife then? Take mm-hmm. me, take me to the Vale and make me your wife. And she's totally feeding into to Damon's crazy. And yeah. I just think that is such a moment, honestly. Do you, so I, I thought about this, right? And... I think if because the, the fight breaks out right after that, right? Mm-hmm. That's what like stops. So, do you think Damon was gonna like kiss her and like leave with her? So my initial thought about this whole episode was that he was gonna kind of just grab her at some point and they were gonna take off. So when the chaos starts to happen, I'm thinking that this is Damon's damon's cause so damon's doing all of this chaos or created this environment of chaos so that he could distract everybody long enough to grab rhaenyra and leave so that was my Mm. initial my initial thought because i'm like how is he just gonna like take off with with the bride at this point like i feel like it's 
like how could he just sit in the middle of the stands for and kiss her like i i just don't think it could happen but he gets to the point where he's about to do it and then of course chaos breaks out and i'm thinking okay he's just gonna steal her yeah i think i need to rewatch it because we're also skipping over the fact that he sort of does some network mingling with the valerian kid who i thought i'm guessing that that she was like the 12 year old girl who's now aged rapidly that's right yeah. So he's kind of like scouting for opportunities with new wives mm-hmm. in Renera or the Valerian girl. Mm-hmm. But then also he has that conversation with the cousin of his yeah. Royce. late wife. Yeah. Um and pretty much says, Yeah, I own your land now. Yeah. That was a that was quite the moment of like so this guy comes up to Damon and he's basically like, I know what you did. Um, like I'm gonna expose you for what you did and Damon's like, Yeah, whatever. Like you know, kind of just brushes him off like he's nothing. Why well, doesn't he say like he like he says his name and he's like who? Yeah, like he has no idea <laughs> like who this guy so, is. Such a baller! Like I have no idea yeah. who you are and I don't care. Yeah, he probably does, but he's just being a dick. He's just being a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, and then and then he basically is like, well, you know, since we had no heirs, then technically wouldn't that become mine? And the guy's just kind of like you know pissed off and yeah, he like knows he's got him. He's like ah shit. But then like in fine print in the contract. it kind of makes you think like at that moment when all of that chaos was breaking out, I thought maybe it was going to be Damon and that guy fighting because that was really the only thing that would make sense. You know what I mean? I thought that because because Damon and Rhaenyra, like the focus isn't on them anymore. It goes to someone else and then all the chaos breaks out. So I kind of thought that that guy was going to jump into the scene and they were going to fight oh okay so when the fight started happening you thought it was damon and that that cousin of the his late wife yeah okay yeah that makes sense i honestly had no idea so the other scene that we're missing i i jumped way too far i wasn't taking enough notes here but yeah the other scene that we had is we had um the knight talking with sort of i guess the two side pieces talking right yeah exactly Um, and i don't know if you notice this or not, or maybe I'm just making it up, but when the, I don't know his name, but when the, when the, the, the boyfriend, let's just call him mm-hmm. like walks away and past the night. Yeah. Does he like grope him or something? There's like a weird moment where they, they, they show a shot that's just at crotch level and the knight sort of like lifts his sword up so the guy can walk past him. Hmm. And it kind of looks like maybe he gropes him or something like that. I didn't notice because that, but I think, yeah, it was a very strange. They just huh. show like crotch basically, right. and he like lifts up his sword so that he can walk by, and it doesn't look like it. But then the fact that it then goes into like a fight makes me think maybe he did grope him because like why else right. would he like just freak out so suddenly? Yeah, I I didn't notice that. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch that because at least that would Re- lend... rewatch it at least just for that scene because I swear they just show an hmm. awkward crotch shot for no reason. Well, that otherwise. that would lend itself to the reasoning why he had such a freak out because it kind of seems like a little bit unprov like well I mean very much unprovoked because I didn't even expect like Kristen to do anything like that like that was so out of left field. For me, like, I don't know about you, but I just, I didn't see the episode going that way at all. Yeah. It also seems like even if it is, say it is a grope shot, mm-hmm. there's still too much time between the end of their conversation yeah. to the start of the fight. Yeah. And I wonder if, 
the fight starts because the knight kind of punches Laura, uh, Lenor, Valerian. Yeah. So I don't know if the knight starts a fight with Lenor and then the boyfriend gets involved Maybe. and then he just ends up taking the wrath. Yeah, actually, I think that's right. Because, well, let's just go into this like weird conversation that they had. So essentially, the knight's, Sir Kristen's standing there and the boyfriend comes up to him and basically goes like, we are, we need to defend, like we need to protect them because they both yeah. obviously have a secret and obviously the knight, or sorry, not the knight, but the, the boyfriend knows that Rhaenyra mm-hmm. and him have gotten together, which I think really sort of spooks him because like at this point, he only thinks that Allison knows. And I think for, mm-hmm. for this random person to come up to him and basically like divulge such a personal bit of information about him to him really like freaks him out and just sets him off in a way that, you know, he pays for later on. Yeah, I think it's also that it's it's calling back to it. So when he commits his um, or admits his sins to the queen, he asks for a straightaway death rather than yeah. like a disnaming, a flogging and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I think it also goes to the fact that this is the first person since the queen let him go to bring it up to him and is already sort of... Even though he's, I don't think he's saying anything wrong here, the boyfriend. But mm-hmm. he's the the knight might be taking it like, um, like he like someone's holding it over his head, or right. someone else knows his shame, yeah. and he just can't deal with that. He'd just rather be dead, yeah, or that no one knows it. So maybe he just snaps off of that. That's what I'm thinking. But yeah, I really need to go back and rewatch it because there's so many little things. And um, they when they start to show, th- it takes for ever for them to show who is fighting yeah like there's a fight there's a kerfuffle happening great word by the way Mm -hmm. i love i love (laughs) saying a kerfuffle Mm -hmm. um but they don't show who it is for the longest fucking time yeah they show the crowd really long time they show the crowd and then yeah i'm fairly certain one of the first punches you see is the knight punching um the husband to be yeah and then the boyfriend is suddenly in there and getting beat down. So maybe so maybe he he really did aim to go after the king. Not the king, but sorry, like the, the prince. Yeah, yeah. Husband to be. Um and then sort of boyfriend steps in and I maybe he just redirects his like anger towards him and in a very big way. Yeah. We're gonna have to go back and rewatch this, yeah. aren't we? We have to go have a look. Hmm. Mm. Well, Anyway, either way though, it's still it's still crazy that yeah. So Damon was about to kiss Rhaenyra, mm-hmm. then the fight breaks out. Mm-hmm. The um, Rhaenyra gets pushed to the side the hands, too. Like Rhaenyra, Rhaenyra sort of falls to the ground. Like it is that chaotic in there. Like and she kind of yeah, gets Rhaenyra trapped. Rhaenyra gets shoved to the side. At which point the hands, the hand of the king nods to his son. The guy who made the the green uh, line, who I just read, that's his son. So the hand of the king nods to his son. The son goes in, grabs Rhaenyra, gets her out of there. Mm -hmm. And then it just focuses on the uh, Christian, like, beating beating down the the boyfriend. Yeah, and he friggin' beats him to a pulp. Just caves his entire head in. And it, it just seems so, like, obviously we're missing something, but it does really seem out of left field. Like, a very big overreaction. Yeah, and... And then it leads to the, um, well, actually, bef- bef- before it, well, no, it goes straight from there into, like, you then see him 
it, it cuts back and forth between him seemingly going out to the godswood mm-hmm. to like kill himself mm-hmm. and then also they're just getting married yeah like so, there and then so this is what this is what i sort of read about so essentially what was supposed to happen is there was supposed to be seven days of like feasting partying yeah that's what i thought i was like why are you getting married now so the like, king there was supposed to be like seven days the king just i think is just over all of the bullshit and the chaos and he just decides to shotgun them and he says he's just like you get married now yeah like it's happening now there's too much shit going on and i think and I think it's such a sad scene because you've got poor Lenor who's fucking distraught, like yeah, crying. Yeah, the blood of his like boyfriend, yeah. like on the floor. Like it's just so sad. And then you know, you know, he's saying his vows and stuff, and he's just like on the verge of crying. And it's so like, it's so hard to watch because you, they just yeah. go from something so chaotic to now you've got Sir Kristen in the Godswood about to kill himself. You've got Rhaenyra who's clearly shaken up and you know distraught as well but poor Lenor is a fucking mess it's a bad one yeah yeah it's and like the kiss as well just like goes for the lips ends on the cheek kind of dodge like oh it's just yeah I honestly thought that like when the the um the maester or whatever you want to call him starts um doing his spiel I thought they were doing a quick funeral but then I'm like, oh no, it's a wedding. Yeah, it's We're a wedding. We're just hit, getting hitched. Another Game of Thrones wedding, eh? These. Do you think it's the episode six? Oh no, it's ten years later. I was gonna say episode six has to be ten years later because otherwise they're gonna show that they head up to their bedroom and bang <laughs> out a baby real quick yeah. and just like seeps of tears and blood. But Ugh. the end, the very end of this episode. What did you think? regards to what the episode as a whole or what happens next like what what happens next i think the like when the king i think that the queen is gonna try talk him down off his ledge Mm -hmm. and then make an ally of him i think Mm -hmm. that she is capable of of doing a very twisting thing and twisting the knight to say you want to regain your honor it's Rhaenyra who took it away from you it's Rhaenyra who did Mm. this or that it's Rhaenyra that's wronged you it's Rhaenyra that's doing all this so you now need to sort of become my I don't know I think she like Hmm. the queen like if he if she manages to I think if he was going to kill himself we would have seen it there and then so I don't think it's as shocking to wait to find out well, especially if it's 10 years later, I guess we it, he's definitely not going to. So, yeah, I think the queen tries her best to talk him off the ledge. Mm-hmm. She's then his savior, and she sort of puts him into more purpose. I then also think that, yeah, the the newlyweds are going to have their baby pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but And then, yeah, I really don't know what happens from there on out. But what do you think about... King's got to die. The king. So, yeah, so the, so the ending of that episode ends with the king collapsing to the ground mm-hmm. so i've I, I don't know i've talked about this with my mom and we don't know whether or not because obviously it's a 10-year jump and the king's not doing well so is the king gonna survive for 10 more years is there any chance you think they put him in like a coma thing i mean maybe <laughs> they put him in a the freeze chamber like they did with walt disney it, no, no yeah i guess not quite like that extreme but like 
I don't know, like they somehow keep him like barely alive, mm-hmm. but he is alive. And then it sort of opens the door for, okay, who is going to assassinate the king to just end it and, and right. move things on? But it's... But yeah, no, I don't know. It's it's hard to imagine they just open up 10 years later on the next episode. I feel like they have to give us at least 10 minutes They've to gotta. iron some things out. They've got to, because how... I mean, I know that they... We've got to see some sort of funeral. I mean, it's the king. Like, I feel like they can't just not they can't just have him collapse at the end of this episode and then they're like make you assume that he died and like whatever they've got to they've got to show a funeral of some sort or at least like you said bridge the gap a little yeah i don't know we'll wait and see honestly i gotta we gotta both rewatch this episode Mm, clearly i'll probably rewatch it tonight I'll send you some texts as to what happens in that fight. I think maybe even just the fight scene alone is worth watching. Um, yeah. But yeah, I honestly, I don't have any Super Bowl predictions for the next thing other than, yeah, if the Queen the queen and uh, Sir, Sir Kristen then maybe sort of buddy up a bit. Because um, the Queen needs allies and friends. True. And she doesn't really have any. And she has a secret so about him. I wonder if she can sort of wiggle her way into some. Totally. Yeah, I think, I think we're going to see some probably some children in the next episode uh i think um if it's a 10-year gap we're definitely going to see some sort of children of theirs um Mm -hmm. and yeah i wonder if sir Kristen will still be around i hope so also like they can't just open up 10 years time king's dead renero's on the throne Mm -hmm. because that's the whole thing about the show so far is that who when the king dies, is she definitely going to be the heir? Is she right. going to be accepted? Like, we have to see that happen. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be weird, though, because it's going to be a different actress. So it's like, how are they going to... They can't really go back... Like, if they go 10 years in advance, they can't really go back, like, five. Because what does she look like? No. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, <laughs> Just like it's some a, other person. a really bad CGI <laughs> yeah. version of the two of them mashed together. Yeah, because I feel like you can't, if you're going to commit to that time jump, you've got to like, you've got to commit to it. Yeah. I don't know. Oh boy, who knows? All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap this one up. Um, a solid two episodes, like really so much to, to dive into mm-hmm. there. Um, but yeah, excited for where the show's going to go. And, uh, yeah, I just I, I I'm I thought that honestly I thought again very naively I thought that <laughs> talking this through with you I was gonna have a clearer idea of mm. my thoughts on the show but now I have more questions than when I started but I will say my thoughts on the show as far as feelings go I love it I really do I'm fully fully invested in this show so much so that the Lord of the Rings show is currently out on Amazon Prime and like me and John like when we were talking about this on the podcast before we either one of us watched anything. We hyped it up that, oh, Lord of the Rings versus Game of Thrones show. I feel like people are going to end up just watching one over the other because they're going to be more invested. Right. Lord of the Rings is like my sec, other than Star Wars, Lord of the Rings is my favorite franchise in the world. Mm-hmm. And I have not started the Lord of the Rings show because of wow. how much I've been enjoying the Game of Thrones one. Interesting. I've Which is just fucking bonkers to me, because like I I like watched like ten minutes of the the episode of the Lord of the Rings mm. and just haven't got back to it because mm. I've just been watching this one. I feel like I've converted you a little bit on this show. I feel like my excitement maybe kind of pulled you in when you were unsure. Yeah, 
I think you did. Yeah, you definitely did because you sent me a text pretty quick being like, you have to watch the show if you've not started it yet. And I was like, okay, I'll watch it tonight. And then I did. And then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, mm. just fully back in. It's so good. I really want to start rewatching Game of Thrones as well, but I'm, curr- I'm currently finishing up Lost. Oh, Lost is so good. I don't know if you've so ever seen good. Lost. Love Lost. I haven't seen, I've only ever seen bits and bobs of Lost. Like mm-hmm. it was a thing in boarding school where someone would watch it like every weekend. So I saw the odd episode here and there, right. but I decided to commit to it and I'm, I'm loving Lost. It's really like, good. It's so good. It's, that was like one of the first shows I ever like binge watched. Like when binge watching became like a thing, like, you know, on it's like streaming. the first thriller TV yeah. show that you could binge watch. Really? Like it's sort of the, exactly. it's sort of, they've, it's funny. I'm listening to a podcast that is like reviewing each episode of lost as it goes. Mm-hmm. So I'm sort of doing <laughs> one episode of watching one episode of listening. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about how like without lost, there is no like game of Thrones or anything like that happening. Cause like lost was the first show that proved that TV can be more than just a sitcom or like a reality show or whatever. It's true, yeah. So yeah, it's it's been pretty good. But yeah, rewatching Lost. When I finish with Lost, though, I am gonna go and rewatch Game of Thrones. That's my next. Yeah, Game of Thrones. Is, I've I've rewatched Game of Thrones now three times. Believe it or not, that's a lot of TV. Wow. Um, yeah, I've only done it once. Uh, one yeah. one watch through, and that's it. Yeah, it's it's a lot of TV to to take in, but it's so good. It's so worth the rewatch because you pick up on so many things that you missed and it's it's rewarding to watch it again yeah true uh I, i'm excited to get on it but yeah lost i'm glad you like what lost too we're gonna have to have a, a lost episode review so we can talk about i haven't lost. watched it probably in i don't know i know but that's why it'll be fun because i'll be fresh and i'll be able to like be like oh you know the episode when jack and you'll be like oh i forgot about that mm-hmm. yeah yeah we should actually that'd yeah. be fun yeah it's fun it's on uh disney plus so you can rewatch it if you if you feel so inclined. If you're bored, season two. Oh my god, <laughs> with a hatch. Mm-hmm. Oh, so much drama. You're anyway. gonna hate the ending, though. That's all I'm gonna say about that. I honestly, I've I've heard a very brief summary of what the ending is, mm-hmm. and without spoiling anything, I've I've heard an analogy where it's like a big plug being pulled. Essentially, is what I've heard, yep. and I'm like, I'm okay with it. If you can ration, so, if you can, if you can rationalize it now and be okay with it, then you'll be fine. But at the moment when yeah, it I'm, happened, I'm going into it with a full amount of confidence that the ending's going to be weird and not what I expected to be, but I'm okay with it. Fair enough. I respect that. So I'm going to try anyway, wait until <laughs> like the next episode where I'm like, fuck lost, <laughs> fucking stupid, fucking piece of shit. All right. Anyway, we're going to wrap this up. Um, thank you everybody so much for uh, listening to the podcast. Thank you so much, Shay, for joining me once again. I think we're just going to have you on for the rest. We'll book you from now until the end of the season. I'll make sure make sure it. you get in contact with my agent. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just send the revised <laughs> rates now that it's mm-hmm. not just a one-off thing. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, well, full season is going to cost <laughs> a little bit more. Um Please, uh, everybody listening, give us a five-star review on Spotify if you can. That would be great. And you can follow us also on Instagram at pineappletheory underscore podcast. Um, I've been one of your hosts, Reese, my guest co-host for the show, Shay. Totally not talking through a burp there. It's very rude of me. <laughs> you stay classy, San Diego. We'll see you fucking later. Goodbye, everybody.